0: Amen. Awesome. Great job. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, guys and girls. Hadn't the music been good? Yeah. That way, at least if the sermon's bad, you got your money's worth, right? <laughs> and Cindy, thank you so much. Fourth summer with Cindy here. Let's give Cindy Senator a hand. Thank you. You ever hang out with people that it seems like all they ever have is bad news title of the message is is your news good there's some people who just walk in the room that kind of suck all the air out of the room do you know what i'm talking about don't point at anybody nearby it's, i don't like hanging around people like that because it's contagious i want to i want a little audience participation this morning if i this side over here is side one if i point at you don't be offended But I want you to say, oh, that's bad. bad. If I point at you this side, I want you to say, oh, that's good. good. All right. There's this song that came out a long time ago. Some of you have heard it. Some of you have never heard of Sam the Sham and the Prophets. anybody ever heard of him? Sam the Sham and the Prophets. He wrote a song called, oh, that's bad. No, that's good. Steve, you ever heard this? So I'm going to do the Sam the Sham part, and y'all are going to be the Prophets. I'm not going to (laughs) sing. Not long ago, I was walking down the street when a woman in a car knocked me off my feet. No, that's good. My insurance paid me a lot of dough, more money than I'd seen in a year's payroll. No, that's bad. On the doctor's bills is where all my money went, and all I had left was a very bad limp. No, that's good, because the the way I walked got me a role as the marshal's partner on a TV show. Pretty young actresses started hanging around and every night we'd do the town. No, that's bad. (laughs) I ended up back in the hospital bed because my horse fell on my bad leg. No, that's good because just when I was feeling my worst, I fell in love with a beautiful nurse. No, that's bad because I found out she was the doctor's wife. Now I'll be in a wheelchair the rest of my life because no matter how I pleaded and begged, he operated on my good leg. (laughs) No, that's awful. (laughs) I don't know if your news is good or your news is bad, but this morning I got good news. I got good news. Preached through the, the letter of 2 Corinthians this summer, and I really finished last week. And so I was praying this week, Lord, what do you want me to to do this week? He said, how about just turning the page? So we're in Galatians this morning. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. I am aware of the time we're going to go over. (laughs) Who said that? Mark, was that you? That's good. I like that. And this side over here going, no, that's bad. (laughs) You know, here's the good news. We start at 10 o'clock, you know. Lunch isn't until 12 anyway. I'll have you out by then. Actually, we have a trustee meeting after this, and so i got to get you out on time. Let me just read the first 12 verses of Galatians. We're going to focus on verses 3 through 12, but to give you the context, let me start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle. Then in parentheses, he says, Not sent from men, nor through the agency of man. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. To whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but I received it. A revelation of Jesus Christ. First thing I want you to see is the gospel explained. And it's interesting to start off with the first verse and for Paul to have to explain to the people he's writing to, You didn't call me. I wasn't called by man. And later on he said, I wasn't even taught by man. I was called by God. In fact, just to set the record straight, what was Paul doing when he was called by God? His name was Saul. And he was on his way persecuting Christians. So if anybody wanted to say, Paul, we don't like your preaching, he could say, it wasn't my idea. I was just like you. (laughs) I was out persecuting Christians, dragging them back to Jerusalem, imprisoning some of them, and at least one of them we know was put to death. Stephen. The Bible says Paul was in hearty agreement with Stephen being put to death. And then he gets to the focus, y'all. Grace and peace. That was not the typical greeting of a first century Jew. That was a greeting that was distinctly Christian. He said grace and peace. Grace is positional. Peace is practical. We're going to talk a little bit more about grace in a minute. But here's the sense of it verse 4 when he said he's talking about Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that's the prime doctrine of the Christian faith that Jesus Christ gave his life nobody took it from him you know the difference between a gift and something that's taken I tell our staff when they pray you know don't pray and people say this all the time we're about to take the offering (laughs) there have been a church that took the offering that's where they kind of pass the plate and stand there and wait. <clears throat> you know, I've heard of churches where they count the money and if they don't get enough, they pass it again. My father used to, to own a lumber company and he'd let this church kind of carry a credit balance for a little while until um, he needed a payment. He'd, he'd call the pastor. Pastor, we, we need a payment. He'd, right, it's fine, I'll get you one. They'd pass the plate, count it, and lock the doors. We didn't get enough. We're going to have to count it pass it again. So the offering is something we receive. That's why it's called an offering. If, if you're taking it, it's called extortion. <laughs> it's called robbery. Listen, Jesus Christ did not have his life taken from him. When he was leaving the Garden of Gethsemane and Peter cut the dude's ear off and Jesus said, Peter, didn't you know? That if I wanted to, I could call 12 legions of angels. I've already mentioned this this summer. 70,000 angels if he had wanted to. And I always ask, how many angels would it have taken? One. No, Jesus gave his life for us. Do you you get the difference? Because we struggle with gift in this country. had a guy call me on the phone. I want to send you a gift. I said, great, you got my address? He said, we're going to need your credit card. I said, wait a minute, time out. Why do you need my credit card to send me a gift? Well, the gift is free. You need to pay $19.99 shipping and handling. I thought, what you're sending me isn't worth $0.95. Why would I want to pay $20 to get it? Be careful when somebody says they got something free if you've got to reach in your pocket. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, folks, He gave himself. And so when Paul says grace to you, he's praying a blessing upon them because folks, if you didn't come to Christ through grace, you hadn't gotten there yet. What's the opposite of grace? Work. Any recovering legalist in the audience? I kind of I grew up in a church that preached grace but practiced legalism. And it really was. You were measured based on what you were doing. Folks, here's the problem. I could never do enough. That's why we need grace. So when Paul says, grace to you and peace from our God and Father, from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, he's talking about Jesus, the one who gave himself for our sin. In fact, 1 Timothy 2.6, 2 6, same author, Paul writing to Timothy said, Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. That's the Jesus he's talking about. And why did he give himself? For our sins. Folks, that's why Jesus had to die on the cross. Because I was a sinner, you're a sinner. Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place. Who deserved to be there? Me and you. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins so that. I love this. When you see so that in Scripture, you just need to stop for a minute and realize what he just said. He's about to explain why that happened. Jesus Christ died on the cross in my place so that he might rescue us From this present age. Jesus Christ came on a search and rescue mission. The word rescue means to tear out, to select, or to pluck out of danger. In fact, Acts chapter 26, same author Paul, this was said to Paul in Acts 26 verse 17. And I'll read verse 16 and 17, but... Get up and stand on your feet for the purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you to a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Verse 17. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you. That was God speaking to Paul. He was rescued. He was plucked out of danger from this present evil age. Now here's the interesting thing. What did Jesus pray for his disciples? He said, Father, I pray not that you take them from the world, but that you would keep them from the world. Don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the world. So here's the deal. God rescues us from the influence, the dominion of this present evil age. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Paul. Folks, we're living in that kind of age today. When you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to recognize you are plucked. Out of the dominion of this world. You're not under this anymore. Now, God leaves you here. Why? Because He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life. And it's not to be a pupitator. It's to do what He called you. Somebody got that over there. Somebody asked me one day when I said pupitator, because I've used that line before. The regulars know it. They said, did you say perpetrator? I said, no. I said, pupitator, pupitator, but perpetrator kind of works. That's a new word, pupitrator. Y'all know what a couch potato is, right? Women, that's your husband sitting on the couch with a remote control. Teenagers, that's your mom or dad. Typically, it's your dad. And if he loses the remote control, he goes crazy. Why? Because it controls his brain. If you ever see your dad lay the remote control down and go to the refrigerator and just stand there with the refrigerator door open, you know why he's doing that? He don't remember what he got up for. In fact, he probably had tried to get you to get whatever it is he wanted and you ignored him. Help a brother out. Next time your dad says, hey, honey, son, get me something, just do us all a favor. I say, dad, you just stay there with that remote control and I'll get whatever it is you want. And then bring him whatever you want to bring because he doesn't remember what he asked you for. But you have been rescued Listen, if you're a child of God, let that sink in a minute. You are rescued. And folks, I don't know what your world's like, but if you read the paper, does anybody actually read the paper anymore? If you look at the paper online, if you listen to the news, if you watch the news, if you keep up with what's going on around us, it's good news to know that we have been rescued from this age, isn't it? This isn't my home. This is not where I'm going to spend eternity. We have been rescued. And it's because of God's grace. And it's because next of His will. Paul says we have been rescued from this present age according to the will of our God and Father. It was His will. You remember the prayer Jesus prayed in the garden? Luke 22, 42. Jesus spent hours in the garden agonizing over the cross that was coming. And here's what he prayed. Father, if you are willing. The word willing means choice. Father, if this is your choice to remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knew when he stood up from that prayer what God's will was. He knew it beforehand. But folks, I don't think we catch a sense of the agony that was already on Jesus at that moment. Bottom line, God, if there's any other way to save mankind. And folks, the reason that is important is because what we're going to get to in a minute, there's people back in that day and there's people in our day says, there's another way. I just got to tell you, if there was another way, Jesus didn't have to go through what he went through. There is no other way. And it was God's will for Jesus Christ to be brutally crucified on a cross in your place. That's the message of grace. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. And then in verse 5, just closing out the section, To whom be glory forevermore. Amen. Let him have all the praise. That's where it belongs. Well, that's the gospel explained. Then Paul takes a couple of verses to explain the gospel corrupted. He he really had hoped for better things. Paul had been among these people. He had seen seen them come to faith in Christ as Paul typically did. He would establish a church. But he cared about what happened to them. And the word that was getting back to his ears was there's some trouble. Now, I just finished preaching through 2 Corinthians. The primary problem in 2 Corinthians is there were false teachers who had one motive, money. In Galatia, there were Judaizers who had one motive, tradition. And so Paul says, I am amazed. (laughs) That's not a real strong word. Paul could have had a little bit more smoke coming out of his ears on this one. But he literally, Paul's saying, my mouth is dropped open. I don't get it. I don't understand how you could experience the grace of God and quickly turn away from that. Best illustration for this, I read in a book, and frankly, I can't remember the name of the author. I don't remember what book it was in. But it was a story of a cafeteria owner who owned a cafeteria. You've all been to the cafeteria. We call it Canes and Walkers here, K&W. Somebody's going to fuss at me when, I, when it's over, but my kids call it that. I, I don't. I've really been meaning to talk to them about that. <laughs> anyway, some people call it gray and W. But cafeteria owner saw a bum eating out of his garbage can outside. and It just touched his heart, and he went up to the guy, and he said, Listen, I don't want you eating out of my garbage can. The guy said, I'm hungry. He said, I know. He said, come in my restaurant. He said, I see you out here day after day pillaging through my garbage for what I'm throwing away. I want you to know you can eat here every day. And he stood him at the end of the buffet line and he said, see all those salads? You can have as much of that as you want every day. He said, you see the meat? We have, we have meat every day in here. You come in here, you eat anything you want to your heart's content. See all those vegetables? Vegetables. The desserts, the bread, the sweet tea, you can have it all. Just walk in here anytime you're hungry. I don't want you eating out of my garbage can anymore. You can have it all. And the guy said, are you kidding me? You mean I can have all the salad I want? I can have all the meat I want? I can have all the vegetables and the bread and sweet tea? He said, absolutely, all you want. He said, can I still eat out of your garbage? Now, doesn't that sound stupid? That's what Paul was saying. This is stupid, folks. I am amazed. If you just didn't get, apparently you don't get it, of what Jesus has done for you. Because if you were, if you understood it, you wouldn't be buying the lie of these hucksters that have come in. It really wasn't hucksters in Galatia. It was Judaizers who were adding things to the cross. You have so quickly deserted him. It had been less than three years since Paul had preached the gospel there. Depending on what scholar you listen to, it, may, it was a matter of a few months, maybe up to as many as three years. And Paul said, seriously, is it, is it, did you just not understand? It was almost like they were picking up sides of a team. Have you ever been standing there when they're picking up sides for baseball, basketball or something, You're like I'll take him, I'll take him? And you finally get picked and you realize we're going to lose. Can I change teams? It's kind of what the people at the church in Galatia were doing. And Paul said, I, I'm amazed at that. I, I'm dumbfounded. I'm astounded. I'm marveling. I'm bewildered that you're so quickly deserting the one who has called you by the grace of Christ. In fact, John six forty four said, no one can come to the Father unless he's called, unless he's drawn. So for them to recognize, God has drawn me to Himself. I've trusted Him as my Lord and Savior. They were believers. But they were waffling in their faith and listening to these folks who were saying things to them like, well, listen, right. it's well and good that you've trusted Christ. They didn't deny Christ. Here's the danger. They didn't deny Christ. They just wanted to add some stuff to it. Would it amaze you to know that most cults operating today will talk about Jesus? Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, well, yeah, but we just got to add a few things to that. I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserting him who called you for a different gospel. Scholars today say there's still about 70 copies, copies of about 70 other gospels that were written in the first century. In fact, Luke chapter 1 Verse 1 says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully, from the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. I think one of the motivations of Luke was to say, let me tell you the truth. Because there's a lot of stories out there. And Paul says it's really not another gospel. What does the word gospel mean? It means good news. So if somebody's taking the good news and distorting it, it's not good news anymore. The good news is God's grace. What were they saying? Well, you've got to add some things. You need to be circumcised, men. You need to follow some of the traditions, some of the laws. There's some ceremony you're ignoring. The Apostle Paul, listen, he used to be a part of all that. In fact, he says in another letter, hey, I was a Hebrew among Hebrews. I did all those things. And now I look at it, and it's like trash. Because it will keep you from the grace of God. Everybody look at me. Listen, if you're trying to add work to your salvation, it will keep you from grace. There are some disturbing you. Literally, they're taking you and shaking you. They're stirring. They're agitating you. Ignore them. In fact, it's the same word disturbing. Same word in John 14.1 when Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus was about to leave his disciples, and they were kind of clueless about what was going to happen next. He said, Don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah, I'm going away, but I'm going to come back. I'm preparing a place for you. Don't let your heart get agitated, troubled, stirred up. There are people who want to distort the gospel. The word literally means corrupt. And it's really more dangerous than those that openly deny Christ. We, we won't listen to people that openly deny Christ. But there are Christians today who will listen to people on the radio, watch people on television that are distorting the gospel. How can you tell the difference? If what they're saying doesn't square with the Word of God, then don't buy it. It's a lie. It's heresy. And it's dangerous because they're using the name of Jesus. I walk into churches and see these people's books in libraries and I think, have you read these books? I'd rather you didn't, but why have you even got them in here? They're dangerous. Because they've missed the point. It really is all about Jesus. And we worship Him not for us, but because He's worthy to be worshipped. Paul in Philippians 3 says, For many walk, verse 18, For many walk of whom I've often told you and now tell you even weeping, they are enemies of the cross. Folks, that's why it's so important to sit under faithful preaching. Regularly. That's why it's so important to read the Bible yourself, to know what it says. Listen, a a person who's walking with Christ, is studying His Word, when error comes along, the antenna goes up immediately, because you know that's not right. And understand something, it's only going to get worse. I'm just preparing you. Before Jesus returns, it may be in your generation, it'll get worse. There'll be people trying to lead people astray. With a corrupt gospel. And you say. Pastor why are you preaching this with such enthusiasm. Or passion. It's because that's what shepherds are called to do. Shepherds are to guard the flock. And it concerns me. If there's wolves in sheep clothing. Trying to sneak in. So be careful. So it doesn't get any plainer than this. And I'll close real quickly. Verses 8 through 12. Paul says listen. If anybody. If we, or an angel from heaven, come and preach a gospel contrary, he is to be accursed. It doesn't get any plainer than that. Paul is trying to overstate the point to some extent because he knows he's not going to preach it. But just to make the point to say, if you hear somebody preaching a, a contrary gospel, let them be accursed. It's the word anathema. It means kicked out of church. Let them be excommunicated. Don't have anything to do with them. And then he says, as I've said before, so I say again, and he says the exact same thing. And if you're thinking, when did you say that before? He said it in verse 8. But apparently he had said it when he was there. Paul had warned them already. Just listen. You've received the gospel. You've understood the grace of God. But you need to understand something. After I leave, possibly some people are going to come in and start telling you things that aren't gospel so don't listen to it don't let them become teachers in your church and then Paul lastly says listen am I trying to please men or God because if I was still trying to please men I wouldn't be a bondservant of Jesus trust me Paul would not have faced the persecution the beatings that he had taken if he would have just pleased men In fact, that's what he did as Saul. He was under the direction of the high priest and men. And he was zealous to please them. He thought he was pleasing God. But he's pleasing them. Paul said, I used to do that. If I was still trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant of Jesus. I wouldn't be his slave. I'd have you know, brethren, the gospel that I'm preaching is not according to man. Neither did I receive it from man. And that's who the Judaizers had received it from. They had sat under teachers, rabbis, and had memorized by rote the law. The problem is it had no heart in it. The law was good. It came from the Old Testament most of it. They added a little bit, or actually a lot. but The Old Testament law was good, but Paul said it pointed us to our need of a Savior. That's why Jesus came. In fact, it told us the Messiah was coming problem is they rejected the Messiah and just heaped more laws on you. I didn't receive it from man. I didn't, wasn't taught by man. I received it through a disclosure, a divine communication from Jesus himself. That's the authority Paul spoke on. That's why he started off this letter by saying, by, with his greeting to say, Paul, an apostle not sent by men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Let me just ask you while you're sitting there, how good is your news? Have you experienced the grace of God to the extent that you can share that joyfully with other people to say, let me tell you what God's done for me? Or, Have you just bought into a system where you are on a treadmill hoping that you've done enough? So when you face God and He says, why should I let you into heaven? You say, look at all the stuff I've done. You don't want to be there. Here's the answer. My entry into heaven was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins are forgiven not because of anything I've done but because of what He did. And I place my faith Father, that's good news. We don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. God, you've opened up a banquet table. And some are still eating out of the trash. That's amazing. Lord, we love you. God, penetrate our hearts now with the truth of the gospel in Jesus' name. I want to announce our offering total. This is an offering that sustains us through the off-season as our last service. Received today, $61,765. To God be the glory. I want to invite you to stand. that's what we're going to sing as we close our service today. To God be the glory.